We're talking about Airbnb on this Consumer Goods Edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool Headquarters in beautiful Alexandria, Virginia, just south of the nation's capital. And I am joined today by the incomparable Vincent Shen and the devilishly handsome Jake Silverstein. How are you guys? Doing well, Sean. Doing well, Sean. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so you're our intern, and I wanted to make sure you're included, and we'll get to this in a minute. But uh, Jake here actually has some experience with what we're talking about today, which is Airbnb. So, uh, Vince, what is the history of this company that is making all the the entire hotel industry nervous? All right, so there's definitely a ton of buzz around this company right now, and um, a big reason why you know they are seen as part of the entire like home sharing uh, shift or the industry that's kind of disrupting all these other traditional businesses. Can I use it to rent out my couch? Uh, yeah, I would say it's kind of similar to the old like couch surfing. Oh man! Uh, except that people are now backpacking, from... backpacking through Europe, kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> so, really, this, this so basically, this is an opportunity that allows the residents of anything from like a traditional apartment to a home to even something like a villa, or you know, they a put villa? castles a villa? as part of their. Uh... Jake, are you renting out a villa? Not quite. Okay. <laughs> and so, a lot of there's definitely a lot of variety in terms of their properties, and it was started by uh, Brian Chesky and Joe Gebbia in 2008. So they're from San Francisco, and I love the bootstrap uh, origins that this company had because basically they couldn't afford where they lived their loft because it's San Francisco. Francisco. Exactly, very expensive, <laughs> and so they kind of started in their living room. I, I think it was with like three inflatable mattresses, homemade breakfast, and that's a bit of how the idea was born for them. They need. They ended up going as far as like selling. Uh, theme cereal based on the 2008 presidential race in order to help raise money to get this company going. I think they were able to raise like $30,000 to get things going for them. Yeah. So definitely a really cool origin for this company that is now uh, based on the most recent round of funding worth potentially $25 billion. And that's why we're talking about this, these valuations and this uh, as kind of a follow-up to the tech show I did a month ago with Dylan Lewis about the, the valuations that have been assigned to Snapchat and all these guys. Um, where is Airbnb right now? Like, How many people is it finding places to stay? Like, what? what how big is it? Can sure, sure. So they currently boast uh, about one and a half million listings worldwide. Okay. So, huge network of properties. Um, they have hosted 40 million guests at this point in their lifetime, uh, or at least the overall network has. Over 40, 40 million served. <laughs> and uh, now you can find them in 34,000 cities and in over 190 countries. So it's worldwide. I was surprised at how, uh, you know, compared to like an Uber that takes 10 to 20%, how reasonable their royalty or their cut is. Yeah, so in terms of how the company actually makes its money, um, the hosts end up bearing a smaller brunt of it. They basically pay about uh, the company takes about a three percent cut of each booking, payment processing, and all you know overhead things along those lines. Whereas the guest will pay about a six to twelve percent fee okay. uh, for the booking. So that is where the company itself is generating its revenue. But it's still in the guest's interest because it is cheaper than a hotel or something. Generally, for what you're getting, and I think. Jake will yeah. will be able to kind of testify to this too, based on his experience. And I've done it. I, when I was in Denver, I used Airbnb as well, and I found it to be a better option than some of the hotels in the area. But what do you think, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. I 
I could have furthered my summer here as an intern working for The Fool. I And it was literally two months, right? Yeah. Okay. Just, just about seven, We've had your, seven and a half weeks. And your smiling face in the office for two months now. It's been great. And, you know, I was it was pretty difficult to find housing for just a short stay like that. And I looked at Airbnb. I've heard great reviews. And I wanted to be one of those, you know, around 40 million guests that Airbnb has. And, you know, while it's not quite a villa, it uh, I've certainly had a great experience with you know, using Airbnb, I constantly, you know, the the apartment is always ready. You know, it's always clean. There's great housekeeping. It's a nice bed and, you know, nice roommates. And it's always cool to meet new people coming through the Airbnb. And, you know, it's definitely more affordable than having done a hotel for this time. And, you know, I've just only good reviews. Did you look at other options like Craigslist or anything? You know, I did. And what I like about Airbnb over Craigslist is there's it's time tested brand at this point. We know that it's, you know, you have a great review system. I looked, there was over 300 reviews, which was just pretty amazing. And every person I've, you know, I read said they had a great time using Airbnb in the past. Great host, clean, safe, and you know, those are things that you don't necessarily know going into a Craigslist sure. listing. So, you know, I felt very comfortable and it's been a great experience and I probably will do it again. Awesome. Okay. So feel free to chime in here, you know, at any point you want, Jake. But um, so how do they make money? They got the 3% royalty. The person that's doing the, the renting or whatever you want to call it obviously pays a little bit more. Um, what kind of financials? Because currently Airbnb is private. Yes, exactly. Um, and I'm thanks, Jake, for chiming in there because uh, a big thing that I've just generally seen and that has allowed, I think, this company to be so successful is how seamless they make everything for both the, both the host and the guest. Um, you know, a lot of people compare Airbnb to HomeAway, which is actually a public company which focuses a little bit more on like professional vacation rental properties. But something that sets it apart is that Airbnb tries to handle everything in house. So. They will make this process seamless as possible, so they'll handle the payments, any disputes you have. Um, there's definitely that unique variety of properties. And you know, for first-time hosts, they'll even cover help with your photography for your whatever property you're listing. You're kidding. Wow. So that basically encourages um, people with places to potentially host new guests to join the network and you know the more properties there are the stronger the value proposition is for this company. So, you know, what that has basically allowed Airbnb to do is this year they're expected to generate about 900 million dollars in revenue. And that's up from 250 last year. So that's so in 2013. Me, 250 250% gro- growth something like So, yeah, it, it's insane that in in the past 2 years that it's more than tripled its revenue and you know, you can get a very obvious idea of how quickly it's growing and why there is so much buzz around this company. Um, the Wanting to handle everything in-house seems to have a lot of costs associated with though, because they're not making a gap profit currently. So the issue is that I think you know part of what you said. I think the business model is sound. Um, I you know, but the, obviously right now they're really focused on that growth, right? Right. You, know, you don't go to two hundred from two hundred fifty to nine hundred million dollars without expanding very aggressively. Not only in where you are located geographically, but just trying to push to make the uh, property network as large as possible. So this year, um, they are expected to. To eat an operating loss of about two hundred million dollars, and that's on top of one hundred and fifty million dollars last year. So definitely not, you know, in the black quite yet. Right. But 
in terms of that top line growth, you know, there are internal projections from the company where they expect to be making ten, generating ten billion dollars in revenue within five years. So by the year twenty twenty, that's right? a that's a lot of Jakes running around doing their internships in yes. in Southern DC. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what um, what kind of hurdle? Like, what could derail this? Because I don't see the hotel industry and you know they've got obviously craigslist but they don't have the ratings like what, what kind of hurdles are there to this company making a profit getting to 10 billion in revenues becoming everything that it's uh, early investors want it to be well i think that you know in terms of the overall opportunity like you see these numbers you think well like is there really that potential to hit that 10 billion numbers that's forecasted and if they hit that number because they expect to make you know potentially three billion dollars in uh ebitda so you know the market op- and the thing is the size of the industry is huge you know they might have 1.5 million rooms making them bigger than like some pretty big global hotel operators like even Hyatt or Hilton and Marriott but uh, you know the hospitality research company MKG group estimates there's about 20 million hotel rooms worldwide so it's still a pretty small fraction of that right. and not only that you know the global hotel market is expected to be about a 500 billion dollar industry so again there is so they could take a small piece of that and still do really well and i you know based on their growth i i think that their vision is certainly not to just take a small piece of that it's yeah. take a big piece of that okay um are there any um cuz you hear about um you know and i'm, I'm i keep bringing it back to uber cuz i think the the analogy is 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 pretty sound there it's basically social networking connection type sure. thing they don't own anything uber doesn't own the cars airbnb doesn't own the the the, the townhouses um but uh a lot of cities have been putting uber through the ringer like they really have like you hear what like paris and all these taxi drivers and everything have been doing um has airbnb run into any kind of regulatory type hurdles yeah so they it's definitely hasn't been a perfectly smooth process though i think that they uh, haven't run into quite as many issues as uber has um but you know in my mind you know as often cited major market that has not been as uh that hasn't basically welcomed airbnb with open arms is new york city um where certain people who have uh, hosted their apartment or whatever in the city have been fined due to to fine because there's certain rules around um permitting a hotel or something yeah permanent versus temporary residences there's laws around that and even in, in san francisco which has generally been seen to embrace air the airbnb model you know they've required uh people hosting properties to get liability insurance that there's like a limit on how often or how many days in the year they can kind of rent out the property fully like the full unit things along those lines now uh without uh giving away too much information jake had your host ever mentioned anything about like insurances here or anything in alexandria he hasn't he hasn't mentioned it and you know i think maybe that's to his advantage to kind of keep the guest a little bit in the dark but uh yeah you know. Well, and it's not like if you came into my home, I'd be like, "Oh yeah." So just you know, I mean, I'm in, like, right. it might not come in, up in conversation, although it might be advertised on like Airbnb's website or something, but licensed and bonded. I, I don't know. But um, okay, so do they have any direct competitors? Because you're mentioning how um, HomeAway it's more vacation rentals, but that's obviously a competitor. Is there anybody else? Because obviously Uber has Lyft. Like, where where are they in the landscape? Sure. So. I think that in the beginning, you know, traditional hotel operators did not really see this whole sharing economy as being as much of a threat as it turned out to be. And so now, you know, seeing this $25 billion valuation and, you know, this company is obviously turning into a major, major competitor. Um, even the some of the hotel operators and other 
uh, like the booking sites, for example, are joining the fray in this whole business model. So TripAdvisor recently launched a home sharing service, for example, in Australia. Hyatt Hotels is part of a recent $40 million funding round for One Fine Stay, which is another kind of UK company, smaller, that people kind of refer to as the Airbnb for the rich. So oh this caters for, this caters more towards like luxury uh, properties and really high-end stays. That was, that was one of my thoughts because it seems like, um, you know, Uber disrupting the taxi market, it was, um, we're all used to getting in the back of a car with taxis that, you know, it's not our car, we're just sitting behind a guy and that's it. So Uber lends itself to completely disrupting that. But with hotels and staying somewhere, there's a certain portion of the market that doesn't care about the price and wants someplace really, really nice. So that actually sounds very interesting as a alternative to a hotel. And it's the thing is, like, you know, some of the the friction, I think, of Airbnb kind of gaining market share, starting to take away potential uh, you know, guests at traditional hotels. They're still trying to see, since it's so new, what the actual impact is of Airbnb on this industry. Got it. Um, there was, a t- they, there was a, some studies, and Airbnb kind of releases their own research as well, seeing its impact in terms of how much guests spend, how long they stay, kind of the local economy impact where they are in places like Amsterdam, Berlin. But in Paris, for example, it's one of the biggest cities for Airbnb in terms of number of properties. And though it's hosted, I think at this point, like 2 million people through the service, uh, hotel occupancy rates in the city have actually remained pretty steady at about 80%. So is it really like kind of stealing those customers away from the hotel operators? Not necessarily. And I think over time, they will see what that impact really is. Awesome. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see uh, talk about these valuations here in a second. Uh, before we move on, I wanted to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for all of our industry-focused listeners. It is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. Uh, so, uh, moving on here, we are talking about valuation and... Uh, I don't want to say we're entering a bubble with all these social networking sites, but we're entering a bubble in these so in all these social networking sites. Um, so they just had a funding round, Airbnb. I mean, yes. What did they get valued at? So in the past month, they raised about one point five billion dollars, and that puts their valuation That's, yeah at about twenty five and a half billion dollars. That's a chunk of change. Absolutely. Um, you know, you know, we talked about how their revenue is about nine hundred million for this. So they're being valued at twenty three, twenty five times. So yeah, about a little over twenty five times their sales. And you know, put that into perspective. Uh, you know, we have a list here of some other companies within that could be considered competitors, and some of them like Priceline, pretty high growth. And it seems like I'm sorry to take a step back. Sure, um, we were talking about them earlier, and um, it seems like because you go to a Priceline.com or any you know the Expedia's or anything, and th- there's a hotel option there. In fact, a lot of airlines have the hotel option there. So it seems like um, if this really catches on. It seems like they would probably try to get a little piece of that. But anyway, go on. Sure. So you know, we have. Higher growth companies like even Priceline, and we had mentioned previously HomeAway being a bit more of a direct competitor to Airbnb, though it caters to the professional vacation homes market. But you know, Priceline has a valuation of about sixty billion dollars. It trades at about 
a little over six times its 2015 so, uh, expected revenues. A fourth of <laughs> where you know HomeAway's at about six times. Whereas you look at the more traditional hotel operators, Hilton's at two and a half times sales, Marriott's at 1.4 times sales, Airbnb being at like almost 27 or more times sales. I think people really are loving the growth that that company is seeing. And you know, there's no denying that that 90% annual growth rate for revenue bests everything by far. HomeAway is only at 20%. Even Priceline, which is like an industry darling, right. is only 17%. Yeah. So it's very, very I'll, rich. Albeit considerably bigger. Um, this is basically just being valued on market potential. I mean, that's kind of it, right? Yeah, but I think at the same time, like these are not small numbers in terms of the revenue it's generating. And again, they have their forecasts for 2020 to be hitting $10 billion in revenue. You know, that's huge. Um, right now, based on where the most recent funding round, you know, that $25 billion valuation, Airbnb is number three in terms of uh, the you know the biggest yeah. the biggest venture backed startups. The only two companies ahead of it being also huge names. Xiaomi and Uber. Wow. And so, you know, that recent funding round, in terms of the investors too, we're talking about really, really uh, major institutions like um, or PE firms like General Atlantic, Tiger Global Management, uh, Kleiner Perkins, and even more traditional, I guess, uh, finance companies like T. Rowe Price and Fidelity. And so that $25 billion valuation is on, coming in only. A little over a year after the company was valued during the last funding round at just ten billion dollars. Got it. Okay, so uh, there's three of us at the table. We're all going to get a buy, sell, or hold. If you could have gotten in on that latest funding round, Jake, since you are intern, if you could have gotten in on that funding round, the one point five billion dollars with I don't know whatever amount of money, uh, would you have bought in? Well, what would you have said, Sean? No way. You got to go first. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> Me as well. Um, I think that. It's a buy for me. I, the potential there is is huge, and I think that for people who are trying to look for a way to get into it now, obviously it's private. Though you know, a public debut is pretty likely right. in the future. Um, it this has a rule breakery feel to it. You know, um, you know, there's other companies that you can kind of invest in as proxies. Some people have mentioned, you know. HomeAway, but also like Etsy as part of this kind of sharing economy, and those are the two of the public companies now that, if you're riding the trend, they can be your way in yeah. before these uh, these really big ones like Uber and Airbnb actually go public. Yeah, they have the advantage of being the first mover, and it's kind of like you know how Facebook was the first social network. They're just light years ahead of everybody else. Like Google actually literally just two days ago, correct me if I'm wrong, threw in the towel on Google Plus, which is supposed to be their Facebook alternative competitor or whatever. And they just being the first mover, which is what Airbnb is, is that that has an inherent advantage to it. Well, the company's made its name synonymous with the, right. the whole idea. Which I thought I could rent a plane with when I first heard about it, but anyway. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks, everybody, for your thoughts. Jake, thanks for being an intern, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Sean. And if you are a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Jake Silverstein and Vincent Shen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!